Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Have you noticed any change in Bart? New glasses? No, he looks like something might be disturbing him. Probably misses his old glasses. I guess we could get more involved in Bart's activities, but then I'd be afraid of smothering him. Yeah, and then we'd get the chair. That's not what I meant. It was, Marge. Admit it. Hello, and welcome to Who Will Save Generation X, the trivia game show that is dedicated to remembering, celebrating, and preserving all the wonderful qualities of Generation X through games, trivia, and friends. I'm Zave, your host, and today we have two great contestants ready to compete for fabulous prizes and in the process do their part to save Generation X from being forgotten. Are you ready to do your part? Please play along with the contestants while you listen and see what rad prize you would have wanted if you were here with us saving Generation X from fading into oblivion. We're so happy that you chose to join us, and I'm sure you're going to get a nice dose of nostalgia and maybe a few laughs along the way. So if everyone's ready, let's start the show. This episode, I am excited to have these two Gen Xers share their memories of our generation. There is something here for everyone, I hope. But if you like reminiscing about The Simpsons, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Family Ties, and Spaceballs, then this episode is one you might especially like. We're going to save Gen X for future generations today with the material we cover with these two good friends of over 35 years. My first guest I'm going to introduce to this episode is one of the dudes that I first thought of to be on the show when it was first conceived. We've been trying to have him on for nearly a year now, and I could not be happier to finally have him on the show. I am honored to have on the show today, my buddy since the fifth grade and longest continual friend. Please welcome to the show, Randy. Hi, Jay. It's a pleasure to be here tonight. And I'm happy to be here. I'm more than excited to finally grace this awesome show with my presence. <laughs> well, thank you, Randy. Oh, and look, Bill's here too. Oh, just oh. kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Randy will be playing against our mutual good friend and former contestant on the show. Please welcome back to the show, Bill. Thank you very much, Jay. In uh, the time, it couldn't be better because I have to say, as you, as you mentioned, this is my second time on the show. And I've just very recently gotten over the fog, super, whatever you want to call it, of the fact that you found a list of the top 10 heavy metal bands of all time that didn't have Slayer on it. And so in honor of that particular event, now our listeners at home, in their car, walking their dog, on the toilet in the UK, wherever they may be listening to this show, can't see, but you can see the fact that I'm actually wearing my Slayer shirt that I got at the very last Slayer show in October of 2019, AKA the before times. So <laughs> shout out to Slayer. That list still sucked. Even though I won that particular round of the game, it was still a terrible list because Slayer was not on it. It sounds like Bill's on a redemption tour right now. Eh? <laughs> well, the irony is, is that I didn't even answer Slayer. The, my <laughs> opponent did. It was just such, a, such an egregious omission that I'm still mad about it. It was a list of the top 10 heavy metal bands of all time, and Slayer wasn't on it. That's injustice. Injustice, I tell you. <laughs> well, my apology to Slayer and all the Slayer fans. 
We're going to have to consult the judges and see what they can do about fixing that somehow. But Bill, there is some heavy metal redemption in this episode since I knew you were going to come back on. Make sure that there's a little taste of that in here. So we will give you an opportunity to fix this egregious error in your eyes. But until then, you know, this is my show. So shut up. No. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being on the show, Bill. It's great to have you back, bud. I'm excited to be here. But before we meet them both properly, let's give a quick overview of the games we'll be playing today. If you're new to the show, this is how we play. The show is broken up into three rounds of games. The winner of each of the first two rounds will receive an advantage in the following round, and the player who wins round three will win a chance at today's fabulous prize. That is, if you consider the stuff that was left over from people's garage sales that they put on eBay to be fabulous. That's where we're at. Depends on the garage sale. (laughs) I guess so. We're going to jump right into round one now and get the games rolling. You know, guys, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the first game of the day. It's a game we call the Facts of Life. In this game, we take the top 10 crowdsourced opinions about a topic, and players must compete to identify them on a top 10 list. An incorrect answer will get you a strike, and the player that gets three strikes loses the round. (coughs) The winner of the round will be awarded the power, the power, which is a position that will grant them advantages throughout the show. So no points are awarded in round one, but having the power is a great advantage in each round. Since its debut on December 17th, 1989, The Simpsons have been a satirical depiction of American life epitomized by the Simpson family. The show is set in a fictional town of Springfield and parries American culture and society and the human condition. The Simpsons is not only one of the longest running TV shows of all time, it also has one of the largest casts of characters of all time. All the episodes feature at least some of the Simpson family members, but the city of Springfield has been populated by a countless number of hilarious residents not named Simpson as well. With such a great cast of characters, it is tough to say who is the greatest character on The Simpsons, but with over 10,000 votes cast, this list does a pretty good job of trying. This Facts of Life list asks you to name the greatest characters from the TV show The Simpsons of all time that are not a member of The Simpsons family. So nobody with the last name Simpson will be on this list. Got it. So tell me, guys, who are the greatest characters from the TV show The Simpsons of all time? We flip the coin backstage to see who goes first. And Bill, you won the coin flip. Bill, get us started. Excellent. Well, uh, let me start with one of my personal favorites. See Montgomery Burns. They'll keep it short and sweet. Family, religion, friendship. These are the three demons you must slay if you wish to succeed in business. When opportunity knocks, you don't want to be driving to the maternity hospital or sitting in some phony baloney church or synagogue. Questions? Mr. Burns, number three on the list. Very good, Bill. You are on the board. Randy, your turn. What do you got? I'd say Burns is a good one. It is. I'd say there's two others that'll beat Mr. Burns. I, I think you're right on that, Jay. And just, just like the way numbers work. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit there and capitulate to the survey, just looking at Bill's experience with metal bands. But I'm going to just go with one of my favorites, Barney. The Barfly. Barney Gumble, number 12 on the survey. Dang, he, oh, the, wow. That's he had awesome. a great belch, by the way. His lips would just go. Uh. <laughs> okay, Randy, that is one strike for you. Okay, I'll take it. Still early in the game. Bill, what's your second guess? Well, let's let's stick with the management of the Springfield Nuclear Power Plant and go with Waylon Smithers. Smithers. 
Number 19 on the list. Ooh. Wow, this is a, this is a rough list if Barney and Smithers aren't in the top 10. Yeah, well, we'll see what you think. I agree with Barney and Smithers, frankly. 10,000 votes, got to get it pretty close at least. The R score on that sample is pretty high. <laughs> Randy, All right. back to you, buddy. What do you got? I'm going to go stick with the bar scene. I'm going to go with Mo, the bartender, or the bar owner. I didn't shoot him. Checks out. Okay, sir, you're free to go. Good, because I got a hot date tonight. Hot date. Dinner with Fred. Dinner alone. Watching TV alone. All right. I'm going to sit at home and ogle the ladies in the Victoria's Secret catalog. See his catalog. Mo Sislak, number one on the survey. Mo Sislak, a.k.a. Kid Gorgeous, a.k.a. Kid Presentable, a.k.a. Kid Mo. (laughs) (laughs) All those things are correct. Okay, back to you, Bill. What do you got? Uh, Everything's coming up. Millhouse, Millhouse Van Houten. Can you believe Millhouse is number 15 on this list? No, I can't. <laughs> Everything is pe- not coming up Millhouse as he gets number 15. The same people answered this survey as answered the <laughs> survey that had Slayer outside the top 10 of heavy metal bands. Now, now I'm salty. Yeah, you should be salty. Millhouse is a great answer. There's so, many awesome. que- there's so many characters, right? There's a lot of characters. To yes. narrow it down to 15, is ki- it's kind of rough, but I- I'm surprised Millhouse wasn't in the top 10 as well. So that's two strikes for you, Bill. Randy, you only have one strike and you got the number one spot. You got the number one answer. So right, right. pretty. I'm going to leave the bar scene, go to the schoolhouse, and I'm going to go with the bully Nelson. <laughs> Nelson, number 10 on the survey. Well done, Bill. Here's the situation. You got two strikes. This is one that has to be on the list. Krusty the Clown, a.k.a. Herschel Krustowski. Bill Krusty the Clown is number 11 on this top 10 list. These go to 11. I am so sorry. All right. I'm just going to say right now, up front, loud arguments, <laughs> loud arguments, loud, loud arguments. arguments. Okay. The Krusty brand seal of approval said it's not just good. It's good enough. And he's not in the top 10. <laughs> he's number 11, just outside, man. Just needed one more vote to get in. Probably. There is a list of top 10 Simpsons characters, not named Simpsons, that doesn't have Smithers, Millhouse, and Krusty the Clown in the top 10. And That's Barney. Amazing. And, and Barney. And Barney. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe maybe it's old Simpsons versus new Simpsons. It could be something that like that. That is true. I, st- I watch <clears throat> them all the time on Disney Plus and stop usually around uh, season 10. So uh, maybe there maybe there's characters that I don't even know about. Well, this is all within the Gen X timeline, and these are not necessarily all Gen Xers to answer the survey. That's so, true. You know, you got 30 years of fandom, so things are more valuable to other generations. You know, that could pollute this list. I think that's an intrinsic Gen X quality is to question the, the survey itself. It's not entirely pure. <laughs> all right, that's all right. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take the L. I'm comfortable with my answers. So, Randy, that means you have won round one, and that means you have the power. The power is yours. So let's reveal the names that you did not get. Number 10 was Nelson Muntz. You got. Number nine is probably the one that does not belong on this list, and that's uh, Lenny, also known as Lenny Leonard. You should have stuck with the bar scene there, Randy. You would have gotten Yeah, okay. I think it was okay. I think it's a discriminatory list because Carl's not there, but Lenny is. I mean, they're basically tied at the hip all the time. 
Yeah, it's like Cliff and Norm. That's exactly right. <laughs> Number eight destroys your discrimination idea with Apu Nasa and number seven was maybe controversial Fighters? as well. It was Principal Skinner. Ooh, I did consider him. You were bent that Millhouse did not make the list. How about this kid? Ralph Wiggum at number six. Hey, sleep is where he's a Viking. I do love me some Ralph Wiggum. Ralph Wiggum is awesome. He's made me laugh more than Millhouse, I think. His little bits were great. I'm a Brit. Number five, groundskeeper Willie. He would not be in my top 10. No. How about number four with Chief Wiggum? He would be in my top 10. I think he belongs there. Yeah. Number three, you got was Mr. Burns. Number one, you got was Moses. Like the one you did not get at number two was Ned Flanders. Flanders for sure. I think so as well. Yeah. So that rounds out the top 10. No smart remarks for Ned Flanders, huh, Bill? Ned Flanders is Oakley Dokley. <laughs> Idly only. <laughs> Neighbor. Before we start round two, let's take a moment to better meet our contestants. The judges are the gatekeepers of all things Gen X on the show. And to that end, they are requesting to know from our contestants about their Generation X credentials. That is, apart from being born between 1965 and 1980, what qualifies you to claim yourself as part of Generation X? And what might potentially disqualify you from being Gen X? Please welcome to the show, Bill. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. And please include your Gen X qualifiers and potential disqualifiers. Well, again, thank you for having me for a second time, Jason. We have been <laughs> friends for 30 plus years now with the high school together. We were lucky enough to see each other at the high school reunion uh, a few months back, and it was exciting to see you and spend some time with you. As far as my Gen X qualifications, I've actually got two that I'd like to quickly mention. First of all, I knew that Morrissey sucked. Uh, <laughs> Well before he outed himself as a racist jerk. So that's that one qualifier. <laughs> and then this is <laughs> and then the second one, and maybe the most Gen X thing of all time. Some friends in a vine and I uh, in the mid-90s drove up to San Francisco to see Pearl Jam, not a heavy metal band, but a terrific rock band nonetheless, went on the hottest day in the history of San Francisco. Showed up in traditional Gen X fashion 30 minutes late, just in time to see Eddie Vedder uh, leave the stage because he had the stomach flu. So we went 400 miles, 30 minutes late on the hottest day in the history of San Francisco to see basically three minutes of Pearl Jam. You can't get more Gen X than that. I bet wearing those flannels didn't help the weather either. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I was not wearing one, but they were uh, a lot of abundance in Golden Gate Park that particular day. My disqualifier, Beverly Hills 90210. No. Just not a fan. Didn't, didn't get into it. Know a lot of people that did. Not not my cup of tea. So you could definitely uh, have a top 10 list of Beverly Hills 90210 characters. Although, ironically, I would probably do better on that uh, than I just did on the <laughs> Simpsons list. So, <laughs> Well, maybe on your third time back, we'll, do, we'll visit the gang from the Peach Pit and uh, see how you do. But I think the guy that owned that was Nat. So there you go. There you go. You're already <laughs> doing better. <laughs> well done bill thanks for being here and bill is playing against his buddy and mine randy randy welcome to the show please tell the audience a little bit about yourself and please include your disqualifiers and credentials well jay it's a pleasure to be here and as i was thinking about this i would say that my credentials would be that as a, a latchkey kid growing up in the 80s my childhood was governed by whatever was on tv after like 2 30 in the afternoon Namely, what I remember a lot of it was just cartoons morphing into then MTV. 
So I'm one of the few, I guess we can say decades of people who actually knows what a VJ is. <laughs> and and then, then getting into your high school years, you know, your whole entire music scene being dictated by whatever you can scrounge from the Columbia records, like CD clubs, <laughs> mailers and things that you can get for free work, you know, getting jobs just so your friends can get tickets, you know, off at Ticketmaster by working in a music store, things like that. But I'd say my disqualifier would be growing up as a, as a friend of you, you were always into D and D and I, I never really got into that scene. I wouldn't be able to tell you much about it. Kind of felt like I was on the outs because everyone had the lingo and I just I just never entered that realm. Well, let me officially and publicly apologize to you, Randy, for never inviting you to go play some D&D with me and my fellow nerds. But <laughs> in my defense, Randy, you were one of the cool kids in school. And no, I was, I was not. I was absolutely not. one of the cool kids in school. And there's no way a dork like me is going to approach one of the cool kids and say, hey, you want to you come play Dungeons and Dragons with me? <laughs> I was not a cool kid, but I've met a cool friend. So well, you became a cool kid later, and <laughs> uh, uh, in spite of me, not because of me. That's for sure. Oh, get out! You guys were both cool compared to me. So, uh... <laughs> well, finally, something we can all agree on. That's exactly right. <laughs> well, Randy, got... thanks you so much for being here. Okay, judges, can our two contestants stay on the show despite not ever playing Dungeons and Dragons or watching Nine Hundred Two and O? Are they good? Okay, congratulations, guys. You can stay on the show. Round two. Round two is a game called Eight is Enough. In this game, I will ask a total of eight questions, four to each of our contestants. Points are awarded for each correct answer, two points for a complete correct answer, and one pity point for a partial correct answer, which is up to the judge's discretion. At any time, players can appeal the judges to make rulings for a partial correct answer and try to make their case through loud arguments and putting those judges in their place. Bill, I'm sorry, that only accounts for round two and not round one. So you no loud arguments in round one, I guess. <laughs> oh, I made them already. <laughs> players take turns answering questions with a chance to steal if their opponent answers incorrectly. A steal is worth one point, but more importantly, a steal also takes the power away from their opponent. You cannot lose points for an incorrect answer. However, all questions must be given an answer, no matter how incorrect it might be. So if you don't know the answer, please make something up and either make it entertaining or just give the answer Wesley. Shut up, Wesley. Either works. The winner of round two will take a secret trip to the prize vault and choose the prize that you'll both be playing for in round three. However, the player who has the power at the end of the round will go first in round three, which is a huge advantage. So, Randy, you have the power. All right. And you get to pick between these two questions. Will it be a bumper sticker is nothing more than a meme on a car, which is a movie question? Or will it be, what will we do, baby, without us? Which is a television question. I'm going to go with the bumper sticker. This is a movie question. In the Mel Brooks classic comedy Spaceballs, what does the bumper sticker say on the back of Eagle 5, which is Lone Star's Winnebago spaceship? This is a multiple choice. Oh, okay. I, I was going to just come out and do it, but go ahead. <laughs> well, for the listeners, Randy. Okay. Okay. Let's, they may let's not give know, They may not be okay. baseball's experts like you are. Okay. Is it A, we break for nobody? B, Spaceballs, the bumper sticker? C, Mog is my co-pilot? Or D, I love Uranus? All right. So the Wii break for nobody was actually the bumper sticker, I believe, on Spaceballs 1. But your question was about the Winnebago, which means that Mog was my co-pilot would be the correct answer. Mog is my co-pilot is 
Incorrect. Ooh, ouch. I made that up. Bill, can you steal this and steal the power? Randy is correct. Answer A is uh, on the uh, the actual space balls. Uh, ridiculously sized spaceship. <laughs> uh, um, I'm going to have to go with I Heart Uranus. I Heart Uranus, Bill, is correct. Nice one, Bill. Good grab. Prepare ship for light speed. No, 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 light speed is too slow. Light speed too slow? Yes, we're going to have to go right to ludicrous speed. <gasps> ludicrous speed? Sir, we've never gone that fast before. I don't know if the ship can take it. What's the matter, Colonel Sanders? Chicken? So that's one point for you, Bill. And you've also taken the power. And Bill, you also get this question. You could take a commanding three-point lead if you get this correct. It's called, what would we do, baby, without us? This is a television question. Michael P. Keaton had several love interests during that character's time on the sitcom Family Ties. However, he had one girlfriend on the show who went on to become more well-known for being on the sitcom Friends. What is the name of the actor that played Michael P. Keaton's girlfriend, Lauren Miller, on the show Family Ties? This is also a multiple choice. Good, because I'm going to need some help here. (laughs) Is it A, Jennifer Aniston, B, Courtney Cox, C, Lisa Kudrow, or D, David Schwimmer? (laughs) Tempted to say Schwimmer, but I won't. Family Ties was a progressive show, but not quite that progressive. So ironically, I was watching an old episode of Cheers the other day. Isn't it ironic? And uh, Lisa Kudrow made an appearance in there. And I'm thinking around the same timeline that that could go with uh, some family ties. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Lisa Kudrow. Lisa Kudrow is incorrect. Mm. Randy, you have a chance to steal, tie this game, and get the power back. <clears throat> All right. Can I also he- hear those answers again? You don't, guys don't know the actors that were on Friends? No, I do. I'm just, I'm, I'm just still trying to visualize this. Okay. Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, Lisa Kudrow, or David Schwimmer? Could be Schwimmer. Could be, but I think Bill had a point with the progressive nature of Family Ties. I'm going to go with Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox is correct. Ooh. Well done, right? <clears throat> So Masters of the Universe era, Courtney Cox. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Randy, congratulations. You've tied this game and now you have the power. All right. So you get to pick between these two new questions. Okay. Will it be you spin me right round, baby, which is a television question? Or will it be metal moment, which is a music question? I'm going to have to go with the TV question because I'm going to get mopped up on the music question. (laughs) Bill, Bill, Bill can't even contain his smile. (laughs) He's, he is so happy right now. He's got the Smither or the Montgomery Burns fingers going on. (laughs) Excellent. Question is called You Spin Me Right Round, Baby. It's a television question. One of the marks of a great TV show is if it was good enough to have a spinoff. Well, the show Three's Company was good enough to have two spinoff shows. Name them. This is not multiple choice. That hurts. Gosh, this is going to be a pitiful attempt. I don't have something, but I'm going to honor your rules of having to come up with with an answer as bad as it is. This is a one hour podcast, Randy, if you would like to. Yeah, I I hear you, Um, but we can edit this stuff, right? (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm drawing a blank here. I'm gonna just gonna go with it. Fun. I'm gonna say Mr. Furley's Wild Ride. Not what I mean. Not what I mean. And not what I mean. Sign him off. Snuffle up against for my next answer. <laughs> Judges. <laughs> Sorry. Incorrect. Surprisingly, Randy. Bill, can you steal this? Well, first of all, I just want to put. I just want to put it out there that I absolutely would have watched Mr. Furley's Wild Ride. <laughs> Same. Uh, the answer is. Uh, Parisa Crowd and the Ropers. Both of those right, are correct. Nice. Well done, Bill. You've stolen Good the job, power Bill. back and you've taken a two, uh, one point lead. Scores now two points to one. And once again, you get a question called Metal Moment. If you get this right, you're going to take a commanding two point lead or three point lead, excuse me. So, Metal Moment music question. Let's take a moment to talk about metal music. Which heavy metal band? had a debut album titled Too Fast for Love. This is a multiple choice. I don't need it. I know you don't, Bill, but let's, let's give the listeners a chance. All right, fair enough. Which heavy metal band had a debut album titled Too Fast for Love? Was it A, Motorhead? B, Slayer? C, Motorhead? Oh, sorry. Whoops. I got Motorhead on here twice. Why? I'm sorry. I'm screwed up on that. Here's it. Here you go. Is it A, Motorhead? B, Slayer? C, Motley Crew or D, Dawkin? Hey, running hard, running free. A little bit better than it used to be because I'm a live, live wire. The answer is Motley Crew. Motley Crew is correct. Well done, Bill. Thank you. Very well done. Totally unfair. By the way, that was also that was also a band that was not on the top ten metal uh, <laughs> bands uh, from the previous episode. So right. not as salty about that one though. <laughs> Randy, did you know that one? I did. I did know that one. I'm, I'm talking about salty. I'm a little bit salty that the the spinoff question did, wasn't multiple choice. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here's the fun fact on this one. I would like to take this metal moment to officially ask Bill. If he would like to start a new podcast with me that features nothing but discussing the works of the metal band Dawkin, we could call it <laughs> Talkin' Dawkin. What do you think, buddy? It would be a really short podcast. <laughs> we would be talking about Dream Warriors and Burning Like a Flame for about uh, 10 minutes and how good George Lynch was. And that, that's about it. But we could be talking Dawkin. We could be. You know, that just could be a title of, uh, of a podcast. That's really more broadly about 80s glam metal. And I'm all in for that. So, okay. well, don't give me your answer right now. Let's let's think it over by the end of the episode. <laughs> I, I want I want a firm answer. I was wondering why Dawkin was a, a an answer to uh, <laughs> to the question. I'm like, Dawkin. OK, so the score is four points to one. Bill, you have the power and you get to pick between these two questions. Will it be Mickey trained Rocky to be a fighter, not a billboard, which is a movie question? Or will it be Cinema Soundcheck, which is a head-to-head challenge? Go with Rocky. In the 1976 classic film Rocky, we see Rocky and his entourage follow the hallway to enter the arena and get into the ring in the big fight at the end of the movie. Mickey notices that Rocky is wearing an advertisement for Polly's meatpacking plant on the back of his robe. How many dollars did Rocky say he was getting paid to have the advertisement on his robe? This is a multiple choice. And please give your answer in your best Sylvester Stallone impression. Here we go. Is the answer A, $0, B, $2,000, C, $3,000, or D, 
69. 69, dudes! Uh, I believe the answer is uh, 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 nothing. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> well done, Bill. Rocky tells Mickey that for having the ad on his robe, Polly would make three grand and Rocky would get the robe for free. Mickey only replies by saying, shrewd. So that's two more points for you, Bill. So six to one is the score. Randy, you really need this one to make it. I do. Yeah. I do. For this question, I will give you the titles of tracks for the musical score of a popular movie from Generation X. And you need to tell me the title of the movie that it's from. Movie scores are usually instrumentals with obscure titles, and that should give you some hints to the name of the movie. We will go back and forth between each player, giving a new movie title on each turn. Two points will be awarded to the player that gets it correct on their turn. A side note here. The side note is the judges are pissed off that our contestants have been able to figure out the movie within the first two clues ever since we started playing this game. They were requesting that you at least make it seem difficult to the listeners or else we're going to have to start making the game impossible to win. <laughs> However, me as a host, I say screw the judges and I hope to continue their frustrations by making their efforts go to waste by getting the answers within the first two clues. So here's clue number one. This one's for you, Randy. What movie title is this song from? The song is titled Pennsylvania polka. I'm going to go with the great outdoors. That's a great guess. It's incorrect. Okay. That's a great guess. <laughs> okay, Bill, over to you. Here's song number two. It's called The Ice Sculpture. I'm going to go with Groundhog Day. You son of a gun. That is <laughs> nice correct. <job. laughs> Well done, Bill. The curse of this game continues. We haven't gotten past the first two clues. It's ice sculpture and Pennsylvania polka. How the hell did you get that? Oh, well, I actually I got it. I thought I knew it after the first one because oh. there just aren't that many Gen X timeline movies that are in Pennsylvania. It's basically that or trading places, and trading places doesn't have any polka. <laughs> Most impressive. Well, let's go down the list for the listeners. If you wouldn't have got it at the, f the first two clues like Bill did, I can see the judges off to the side of the stage. They're, they look pretty fumed about this. <laughs> the song one was Pennsylvania Polka. Then we had the ice sculpture. Song three was You Like Boats, But Not the Ocean. Song four was The Kidnap and the Quarry. Song five was Phil Steals the Money. Six, A New Day. Seven, Weatherman. And eight was I Got You, Babe. Here's a fun fact for this movie. In the movie, Phil Connor spends part of his never-ending day learning how to play the piano. In real life, for the big piano scene, Bill Murray needs to learn enough piano that he would appear to be believably playing the music during the wide shots. The actor immediately faced a major obstacle due to the fact that he does not know how to read music. Instead, he learned to play the piece purely by listening and with muscle memory, practicing the song until he could play it well enough to play on screen. A double performed the, any close-up shots of Phil's hands while he played. Fun fact. So... Now math hates you, Randy, because it's I know telling, it's I telling know. me that it's going to be impossible for you to catch up. However, we have two more questions. I'm still up to play. Let's go. Crazier things have happened. <laughs> Not if you believe in math, but that's okay. <laughs> you never know. Anything can still happen. Bill, you have the power and you can pick between these two questions. Will it be the sausage king of Chicago indeed, which is a movie question, or will it be Name that auto-tune head-to-head challenge. I'm feeling a little snooty, so I'm going to go with the Sausage <laughs> King of Chicago. When Ferris and friends want to have lunch at a fancy restaurant, Chez Louis, 
Ferris tricks the Mater D by claiming to be the sausage king of Chicago. By what <laughs> alias does Ferris Bueller get into the restaurant Chez Louis? Bill? Uh, that would be Abe Froman, the sausage king of Chicago. That is correct. I'm Abe Froman, the sausage king of Chicago. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Leather vest, devastatingly handsome. <laughs> <laughs> Abe Froman is the correct answer. Once again, while doing research for this question, the judges found their way to Urban Dictionary and found an alternative definition for what Abe Froman means. However, this is a family show, and therefore we cannot give the details of this alternative definition. But the example used in a sentence on Urban Dictionary is, The following program contains adult themes which may be unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. April did the... April... Sorry. April did the Abe Froman with the volleyball team and their coach. Sausage King of Chicago, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Is there going to be an explicit lyrics warning at the beginning? I of know, really. Podcast? Parental advisory, Jay. Is that too much, guys? <laughs> that so that's two more points for you, Bill. Doing very well. Randy, this question is for you. Uh, it's called Name That Auto Tune. It's a head to head challenge. For this question, the judges will perform part of a popular Gen X song, and you have to give me the title and artist of the song. The catch here is that the judges are terrible performers and they will also be using an awful fake British accent to make things sound more confusing and silly than are necessary. There are a total of three songs that you'll be taking turns answering with the regular rules applying for stealing the power as well as stealing points. So that means that this question could potentially be worth up to five points to one of you. So anything can still happen. The most important thing here that you're playing for, Randy, is to make sure you end the game with the power if possible. So you want to get a steal on the last one if you can. Because that would make you go first in Dysfunctional Family Feud, which is the last game we're going to play. Okay. This question is for you, Randy. You get to go first. So you get some hints, Randy. The first song is from 1983. Okay. Title and artist of this song. Here we go. Under a blood red sky, a crowd has gathered in black and white. Arms entwined, the chosen few. The newspaper says, says, say it's true, it's true. And we can break through, though torn in two. We can be one. Uh, so I'm going to say Edward Blood Red Sky by U2. Judges? That is not a complete correct answer, Randy. <clears throat> we might be able to argue a partial correct answer if Bill does not get it. Bill, you get a chance to steal. Yeah, the right band, but the right wrong song. How long? How long must we sing this song? It's U2 and Sunday, Sunday Bloody Sunday. Uh, that is also incorrect. <clears throat> Oh, I was getting, I was cocky there, but incorrect. <laughs> that is also incorrect. Judges, are we going to give a pity point to Randy for getting you two? <laughs> hey, congratulations, yeah. Randy. You got a pity point. Yay. One point. <laughs> We're going to give you a partial correct answer for getting you two. You said that first. The song was New Year's Day oh. by you two. New Year's Day. Okay. So now that brings the score eight to two. Randy, you're catching up. I know. I'm, I'm looking for that five pointer. Let's go. <laughs> Here's the one you really want to make sure Bill misses and for you to swoop in and get the power back. Bill, give me artist and title of this song. This one's from 1987. Love is like a bomb, baby. Come on, get it on. Live in like a lover with a radar phone. Looking like a tramp, like a video vamp. Demolition woman. Can I be your man? Your man. <laughs> that would be uh, Def Leppard. 
and the song would be Pour Some Sugar on oh, Come on. Dang. That's correct. <laughs> Wait, I mean, rigged. <laughs> Loud arguments. <laughs> you think it was a little too easy, Randy? Is that what you think? Well, I mean, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to just, ha- I'm having fun. I'm having fun. U2 is a much more popular band than Def Leppard will ever be. And you got <laughs> served that one up. So yeah, take your loud arguments and somewhere else. Stop whining. Okay, okay, Randy, this one's for you, buddy. I need it. This last song is from 1990. And I think I borrowed the CD from you <laughs> <laughs> junior year, if I'm not mistaken. Can you get artisan title of this song? Senores y senores. Nosotros tenemos más influencia con sus hijos que tú tienes. Pero los queremos, creado y regado de Los Angeles, Juan Arzodixión. <laughs> well, there you go. You just gave me the answer there. That was served up on a silver platter, Jay. So that's going to be the song Stop by Jane's Addiction. That is correct. Didn't realize your Spanish was so, so fluent. I think your voice needs a little bit of help with the pronunciation. <laughs> it's a bad British accent. It does it right there in the rules of the game. And he's going to keep rolling out that British accent until those three listeners in the UK email him. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that one too, like Randy. So, yeah, that, that one was, yeah. Although I it, like for the first like five seconds, I thought, Oh, that's been caught stealing. And then I'm like, oh, wait, no, it's not been caught stealing. Yeah. It's, it's stopped. Yeah. <laughs> so, Randy, congratulations. You got that correct. That brings your score four points to Bill's 10 points. That's not quite enough. That means, Bill, you've won round two. You still have the power. So, Randy, you're not out of this yet. We have one more game yet to play. Bill, congratulations for winning round two. We're going to now put your opponent in the waiting room. While you and I take a secret trip to the prize vault where you're going to select the prize that the two of you will be playing for in the final round. I'll take the 30 million in uh, negotiable bearer bonds. <laughs> but before we do that, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Mr. T will return after these messages. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you're enjoying the show so far, please consider giving us a positive review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, or wherever you get your podcasts from and subscribe for future episodes. Positive reviews truly do make a difference in the algorithms podcast platforms use to suggest new shows to their users. So if you're so inclined, please help spread the word about the podcast. We would love to have you as a friend of the show. Thank you so much. Round three. Round three is a 
prize round called Dysfunctional Family Feud. In this final round, I will ask the same five survey questions, Family Feud style, to each player in turn, and they need to respond to what they think are the most popular responses from the Generation X timeline. That's the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. These are actual survey questions taken from actual people from Generation X that have been quizzed by the show via Facebook and our newsletter. The player who has the power, that's you, Bill, gets to answer first with player two unable to hear the responses. Player two will then have to give responses to the same five survey questions and beat the other player's score without duplicating any of their answers. Whoever gets more points wins the game and goes on to claim a chance to their prize that the winner of round two has select in secret. Before we start, I have a quick announcement. It's been pointed out that more people would like to take part in dysfunctional family feud surveys, but they do not have access to add their voice to the answers. Well, here's your chance. Sign up for our newsletter today, and it will include a spot for you to reply to the upcoming surveys and get your answers on the show. Share your Gen X knowledge with the world or see if your answers end up in the honorable mention segment. It's great fun either way. The newsletter will also keep you up to date on all the latest news and announcements for the show. We have lots of rad stuff planned coming up in the near future, and we are excited to share it with you. This is also a spot where you would submit questions or segment ideas or inquire about becoming a contestant on the show or being a special guest on the home game mini episodes. Okay, that's enough of that. Let's play Dysfunctional Family Feud. So, Bill, you know how to play? I do. Remember to always have your answers focused through the Gen X timeline. And these are what you think people are going to respond to the surveys, not your personal thoughts on the questions. Okay. And I get one pass, correct? You get one pass. Pro tip, use your pass. Your time will begin after I finish reading the first question. Name a cartoon character's catchphrase. Yabba dabba do. What was the best Gen X movie that had depictions of war in it? Um, Star Wars. Name an advertising slogan used in a beer commercial. Tastes great, less filling. Here's the one I'm excited for. Name the best heavy metal band of Generation X. Iron Maiden. I don't think that's going to be the number one answer, but I, I'm going to say it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a curveball, I think, for you. Yeah. Who is your least favorite character on the TV show Happy Days? Your least favorite. Potsy. My least favorite person on Happy Days was Chachi. But <laughs> <laughs> well done, Bill. Let's bring Randy back in from the waiting room. Welcome back, Randy. We have recorded Bill's answers, and I'm going to ask you the same five survey questions I asked Bill. Okay. You may not duplicate any of his answers. If you do, you'll hear this, and I'll ask you to give me another answer. Okay. okay. It's a little more difficult, so we have two passes. So the pro tip is make sure you use your passes. Don't waste them. Okay. You don't want to end with passes. Yeah. Got don't, it. You can't take them home with you, so <laughs> use them where you can. So All right. your time will begin after I finish reading. The first question. Name a cartoon character's catchphrase. Jeepers. Jeepers Scoob. How about that? <laughs> Jeepers Scoob. <laughs> or Zoinks. You said Jeepers. I got to take the first one. I'll, I'll go with it. What was the best Gen X movie that had depictions of war in it? Red Dawn. That would have been my answer as well. Name an advertising slogan used in beer commercials. Tastes great, less filling. Try again. Bud Weiser. <laughs> Name the best heavy metal band of Generation X. I said Metallica. Sorry, Bill. 
It's not a bad, it's not a bad answer. I consider that. Okay, joke. okay. And the last question: Who was your least favorite character on the TV show Happy Days? Your least favorite. I'm gonna say Potsy. Try again. Mm, Arnold. <laughs> Bold choice there. What the heck did Arnold ever do to anybody? <laughs> Nothing. Arnold. He was much. He was much better as Mr. Miyagi. That's all. <laughs> he was in and out. He was just filler for our happy days, you know. <laughs> you liked him least, though. Well, I mean, you buzzed me at Potsy, so I'm like, I've got four seconds left to do something. <laughs> you had two passes, dude. Uh, you're right. I did. Damn it. Okay. We, we both we both took our passes with us. Yeah. I didn't use mine either. I should have used mine on one. Yeah, of them. I forgot about the passes. I think pride was in the way. <laughs> Okay, guys, let's go to the scores. I asked you, name a cartoon character's catchphrase. Bill, you gave us Yabba Dabba Doo, which was the number three answer worth 20 points. Nice job, Bill. Good job. If Dysfunctional Family Feud is over right now, Bill, you'd win. Just letting you know. I don't think that bodes well for the future. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Randy, speaking of not boding well for the future, (laughs) you gave us Jeepers, which... Only one person said on the survey worth one point. That person's cool. That person's awesome. (laughs) We conduct these surveys on our newsletter, and some of the replies did not get enough votes to rank very high on the survey, but they do deserve to be heard all the same. So honorable mention for this question goes to the three votes who said Wonder Twin Powers Activate Mm. and the one vote for, and I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for those meddling teenagers and their dog. That's a pretty long quote. That is a long quote. Yeah, that's that's catchphrase, big, though. Everyone yeah. knows it, though. It, yeah, it also was from about uh, 50 different characters, so it's not really <laughs> a catchphrase from a single character. I guess That's, that's correct. That's true. That's true. Hey, at least I was from the right, you know, show. Right. You know? <laughs> well, you got that show, too, dude. Score is Bill with 20 and Randy with one. Yeah. Are you going to tell us what the number one answers were, by the way? I sure am. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> The number one answer for the cartoon was what's up doc. Oh Cart- my gosh. The most famous cartoon character catchphrase. Yeah. But Dabba is right up there though, Bill. I'm surprised that got uh, only third place. The next question was what was the best Gen X movie to have depictions of war in it? Bill, you gave us star Wars, which is actually in the honorable mention with one vote. So that's worth <laughs> one point. It says war right in the, right in the title. There's war right in the title. <laughs> Randy, you gave us Red Dawn, which was the number three answer worth 25 points. Bringing the score, Randy with 26 and Bill with 21. It's a close game. So the number one answer for best Gen X movie to have depictions of war in it was Platoon was the number one answer. The two honorable mentions were the one person that said Star Wars. Now would be two, Bill, if you were on the survey. And the other was Mars Attacks was the other. (laughs) Are you kidding? (laughs) Honorable mention. Okay. Hey, let's not dismiss Mars Attacks, okay? It's a, it's a great movie. I think this is the first time ever Star Wars and Mars Attacks have been put in the same category when we're talking about movies. And next we have name an advertising slogan used in a beer commercial. Bill, you gave us the number one answer with taste great, less filling. And that was worth 30 points. Bringing you to a total of 51. Randy, you gave us Bud Wise-er which was the number two answer worth 21 points. So Randy, you have 47 to Bill's 51. So the honorable mention for the beer commercial is 
to the one international listener who said of the slogan, quote, it's never too early for a fusilier. What? <laughs> I'm not 100% sure that fusilier was a real beer brand, but I felt like it still belonged here nonetheless. So nothing for Molson Ice? <laughs> <laughs> Did not make the survey. Oh, damn. Okay. How about natural ice that will make you want to kill yourself the next day? <laughs> Schlitz. <laughs> None of those on the survey. Sorry. Okay. Next, we have named the best heavy metal band of Generation X. Bill, you gave us the Hall of Fame band, Iron Maiden. Bite your tongue, Jason. You gave me crap about Morrissey. I'm going to give you crap about Iron Maiden not being in the Hall of Fame. That did not make the survey, Bill. I'm so sorry. That was worth no points. However, Randy's answer of Metallica was the number one answer worth 40 points. That brings the score. Bill with 51, Randy with 87. Going into the last question. I'd like to give honorable mention to the one vote made by our listener, Darren, for Motorhead. (laughs) He was very adamant that he get this shout out. Uh, there are also two votes for best heavy metal band, which was uh, Spinal Tap. I'm not sure that they're the best metal band, but they could very well be the loudest. <laughs> Melvin Love rocked. I'm surprised Darren didn't say L7. I, I know there's no loud arguments in uh, round three, but, <laughs> Sorry, but, lo- but loud arguments. I know you were debating between Metallica and Iron Maiden. That, that would have made a big difference in that question. But there's still one question left. You were only 36 points back. As we go to the final question, the last question being, who was your least favorite character on the TV show Happy Days? Randy, you gave us a oh, slap stop. in the face <laughs> by saying the beloved Pat Morita as Arnold. That did not make the survey worth no okay. points at all. In fact, that deserves a double buzzer. I think, oh, you, should, I think you should have points taken away, frankly. Oh. <laughs> Judges? nice to you although we'll have some loud arguments about taking points away later after the show so that brings your grand total your final score randy to 87 points well done bill it all comes down to this the least favorite character you gave us potsy but let's see what did gen x say survey said it was the number three answer with 23 points bill i'm sorry that brings you to a total of 74 That means you, Randy, you've won the game. Congratulations. You're doing your part to save Generation X. Well done. All right. Jeez. Well, who was number one on Happy Days? Let's see that. The number one answer was Joni. 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 (laughs) Number two answer was Chachi. So with Joni and Chachi going number one and two, least like, it's surprised that their spinoff show didn't last very long, isn't it? Honorable mention, however, goes to the one guy that refused to answer because he loves them all, but made sure to say that the least favorite definitely was not Weezer, if you remember that video. Bill, you were dominating this entire game, and it came down to the very end, as it often does on the show. Uh, Things didn't quite turn out the way that uh, you were hoping for, but I hope, did you still have a good time on the show? I had a great time on the show. I'm still, I'm I'm very salty, though. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we, we may have to have you back on the show, Bill, and, and and try it again. So can I have one one last rant? Oh, rant away, bro. So on the previous show, when we did the top 10 metal bands of all time, Iron Maiden was number two <laughs> ahead of Metallica. 
we just did a another uh, heavy metal related question where Metallica was number one, which is fine, but Iron Maiden didn't even make the survey. So just goes to show you the sample size and the sample audience really matters when it comes to these surveys. Judges, let's make sure we edit that last rant out of the final podcast. You tried your best and you failed miserably. The lesson is never try. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate (laughs) it. (laughs) I think that was a valid argument, Bill. But knowing that they were the Gen X audience, I think we got to throw them a bone and just go with what they say. Yeah, it's it, two different groups were surveyed between those two answers to to circle back, Bill. In for oh, it, it it is what it is. I mean, the numbers are the numbers, but the reality is is that it's ridiculous that nobody said Iron Maiden. <laughs> were anyone two out of three rounds? So he 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 deserves the beautiful prize that I selected. <laughs> Well, true. Bill, you were a formidable opponent. I had a good time. And I would, if Jason would have us back, let's have a rematch sometime. I am up for that. I would love it as well. Let's go to the prize vault, Randy. All right. For winning round three, I offer a chance of a prize by me placing bids on my eBay watch list on the winner's behalf. I will place multiple bids on the listing chosen in secret by Bill until I am the high bidder. If that bid holds up until the end of the auction, then I will buy that item for the winner and have it shipped out to you. Good luck. Let's take a look at all the prizes Bill had to choose from, and then we'll reveal what was chosen. The first item in the prize vault is Meredith Baxter played the mom on TV's Family Ties. She also signed this 3x5 index card to some dude named Steve. It says, to Steve, best wishes, Meredith Baxter. You can keep this treasure for yourself or give it to your favorite Steve. You guys can laugh at the jokes too if you want. (laughs) I will if I hear one. This next item is a collection of vintage used second and third place ribbon awards from Canada. I can't imagine what kind of hard times have fallen upon this dude from Canada that he feels forced to sell his childhood third place ribbons on eBay, but I felt we should try and support him all the same. As is tradition on the show, we have both Garbage Pail Kids, Wrinkly Randy and Invisibil. Next is this vintage 80s windbreaker jacket that looks like a combination of every 80s windbreaker jacket ever made rolled up into one. Here's a concert promo poster for the time this little-known up-and-coming band called Guns N' Roses opened for Motley Crue in 1987. Next, we have you too can impersonate the Sasha's King of Chicago in this t-shirt that has a cartoon wiener on it wearing a crown that reads Abe Froman. And finally, we have this 8x10 glossy picture of the members of the metal band Dokken striking a very metal pose. This is here just to entice Bill even more to start our Talking <laughs> Dokken podcast. Bill, what's your final answer? It's just going to come down to the comp package like everything else. <laughs> Money talks, huh? That was in my house. <laughs> Well, we'll have to start a Patreon account and uh, see if we can raise enough money to get the Talking Dockin' podcast up and running. Okay, Bill, those were all the items in the prize vault. Will you please reveal to us what item you picked and why? Well, it was really down to two. Uh, there was that beautiful Motley Crue poster. However, it looks as though it is quite weathered, and I don't think it is in any condition to hang on a wall anywhere. If it was in mint condition, I think that not only would I have chosen that, but if I were the winner, because 15 people had sent Iron Maiden instead of just leaving them out of the survey, uh, I would have not only gotten that, but framed it and put it up in my office at uh, at my work. But because it looks a little weathered and is not, uh, not ready to be hung up on any wall, I chose the beautiful 
Abe Froman Sausage King of Chicago t-shirt, which Randy will now have and, and be able to cherish and wear to formal events for the rest of his lifetime. <laughs> Except that it's a size large. <laughs> <laughs> well, rules are rules. And Bill picked the Ferris Bueller Day off Abe Froman size large t-shirt. And so that's what we're going to bid on right now. All right. Even though you can't wear it, Randy, <laughs> maybe, maybe your son can uh, slip that on. What does the back say, Jason? The okay. back says nothing. The back, the back okay. says red. <laughs> the back doesn't have to say anything when the front is that awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Randy. So that's the item picked. You can either take the Abe Froman t-shirt or you can exchange it for what's inside the mystery box. Anything could be in this box. Yeah. Saw you with the box. What was in the box? I'm going to go for the box. I, I'm curious. You're going to go in the box? It, yeah. It could be a bowling alley. You got a guarantee with the Abe Froman t-shirt. There's no guarantee. I understand. I understand. But okay. I just want to say, I mean, the mystery is intriguing. I got to see what's in the fucking box. Okay. Let's see what's inside the mystery box. I mean, wait, can I just say before you unveil it, the fact that that box is ripped open (laughs) tells me that you were very excited to get in to see what was there. Well, it's just a leftover box from Christmas that was shipped. And I just needed a cardboard okay. box. Okay. So all right. Don't read too much into it. Here's what's in the mystery box. It is a DVD of Superman 2 starring Christopher Reeve. That's a good one. Still sealed in the uh, plastic. <laughs> never opened. And you also have a very used copy of the VHS. Batman Forever, starring Val Kilmer and Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey as the Riddler. So you get the good Superman DVD and the crappy Batman movie. I like it. All yours. This is a a sacrifice from our personal collection and the fact that we don't watch DVDs or VHSs anymore. Okay. Uh, I like it. That's got some nostalgia too. That's cool. It does. And as a bonus, this also comes with a promise for a Who Will Save Generation X t-shirt once we get the logo finally uh, finalized and get some t-shirts made up. So <laughs> we get these, this is going to have to tide you over until we can get some t-shirts made. Uh, but we'll also get a t-shirt sent out to you, Randy, and we'll make sure it fits you. Unlike the Ferris Bueller's. <laughs> this, and like, and like, unlike the sausage casing. Yes. <laughs> All right. Now that's great. Hey, this was fun, Jay. Thanks for doing it. Bill it was fun playing with you. Let's do it again. It was fun. I'm going to be mad for about six more months, though. So six more months, I'll be ready for for another uh, for another recording. Thank you for checking out the show. We know you have a vast ocean of choices for your podcast and enjoyment, and it is simply amazing that you chose to spend a little time on our little show. Thank you so much. If you like the show, you can join us on Facebook or our Facebook group of the same name. We post fun Gen X content there every day, and the community gets into some lively topics that I'm sure you'll enjoy. If you'd like to contribute directly to the show, we have a Patreon account set up at patreon.com slash who will save Gen X. Contributions there go directly to keeping this show going, offering better prizes to the contestants and all around improvement for future episodes. At our Patreon site, you'll find special offers for becoming a contributor to the show. So take advantage of those if you are interested. For those of you who'd like to support the show but don't want to use Patreon, we now offer Venmo for your convenience. You can find us at who will save Gen X on your Venmo account if that is your preference. If you like what we're doing here and you want to do your part to save Generation X from being forgotten, you can contribute there. If not, please consider us next time. In either case, thanks so much for listening. So before we go, we want to do our shout-outs and plugs. Bill, 
Anything you'd like to shout out or say to the audience before we leave? Yeah, um, I'd like to give a, a quick shout out to the Gen X alumni of T194. So, uh, Jason, uh, you and I went to high school together, but our, our friendship really blossomed at our, at our time uh, working at the Garden Center at T194. So those of you that worked at T194, you know what that means. Shout out to all of you. I know that there's people that have been on this podcast that are also alumnus. It's always great to hear from fellow T194 uh, workers. So shout out to them. Are you, are you saying you don't want to say what the T stands for in T194? <laughs> I think keep it secret. I don't want to plug them. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they're cutting checks to me, my retail endorsements uh, don't come cheap. I got you. I got you. That sounds right. Yeah. RIP Garden Shops. That was a, that was a good time. Thanks for being on the show, Bill. My we can do it again. And to our champion of this episode, Randy, congratulations again. Anything you'd like to share before we leave? You know what? I'd like to just put a shout out to all the people that I shared my Gen X years with because a journey is lonely when traveled alone. And so a lot of those memories that allow us to answer these questions are just have that little spice of friendship and the people that you spent them or lived them with. So I'm going to put that out. Even if it was playing some good old fastened ditchum games in good old T194, <laughs> that diaper <laughs> section was a place to hide. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. You bet. Thanks, thank Jay. you, Jason. Before we go, I'd like to remind you, you can find all the links and details to our newsletter, our Venmo and Patreon account in the show notes for this episode. Or if you're feeling like a slacker at the moment, you can just email me and I'll write you back with the details if you want. You can reach me or any of the judges at whowillsavegenx at gmail.com. Well, that's it for the episode, everybody. Thanks again for checking out the show. We welcome you to subscribe to the show for future episodes where we will once again ask the question, who will save Generation X? Later. Have you noticed any change in Bart? New glasses? No, he looks like something might be disturbing him. Probably misses his old glasses. I guess we could get more involved in Bart's activities, but then I'd be afraid of smothering him. Yeah, and then we'd get the chair. That's not what I meant. It was, Marge, admit it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. 
click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.